Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce, and today is the Arkansas State Representative District 90 Candidate Forum. You will be hearing from Kelly Kraut, who is on the Democratic side of the ticket, and Kendon Underwood is representing the Republican side of the ticket in this upcoming House seat election on the uh, November ballot. The candidates were moderated by Kyle Kellums, who is the host of Ozarks at Large on KUAF, so I want to thank everyone for participating. You will notice that you will only be hearing from Kelly today as Kendon Underwood was invited to participate but was unable to participate uh, in today's event. So you will be hearing from Kelly Kraut as she speaks with Kyle Kellums about the upcoming election for the House State District 90 uh, representative in the Arkansas House of Representatives. So this is the State State District 90 representative candidate forum on the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. And welcome to the Rogers Hole Area Chamber of Commerce. We are talking with a candidate for State Representative District 90, which encompasses much of Benton County, Kelly Kraut. Kelly's opponent, Kendon Underwood, was invited by the chamber to participate in this uh, question and answer session, but was unable to attend. So it will just be Kelly who uh, I am talking to. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about some of the issues that will be coming up to the legislature uh, beginning in January 2021. I'm sure COVID-19 will still be foremost on everyone's mind, and we will get to that in a minute. But I'm wondering if there is anything outside of COVID-19 that is a priority for you should you be elected and serve in the state legislature? Sure. Sure. Yeah, COVID is, is definitely the priority right now. But before covid Education has been my biggest, the biggest part of my platform. COVID has kind of amplified how many problems we have with education. They're drastically underfunded. We have always asked our teachers to do the impossible. We're expecting them to act as social workers and mental health professionals and sometimes moms and dads and just loving on kids. And now we're asking them to do all of this in the middle of a super traumatic and confusing time for kids. And so better support for our teachers, better support for public education has been my number one priority. How would you, how do you envision that better support for teachers? Well, better pay is first and foremost. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of teachers and I have seven children. So I have several kids that are in the public school system. And so I follow these people on Facebook and I know them in real life and I see them asking for donations for their classroom. I see them at you know, after Thanksgiving sales, trying to buy supplies for their classrooms. And I'm just thinking, this should not be coming out of your personal pocket. Our teachers deserve to have the resources they need to do their jobs well and not need a second job to make ends meet. Governor Asa Hutchinson during this summer endorsed and has uh, said he will support hate crime legislation, legislation that will be put forward by a bipartisan group of legislators. Have you become familiar with that legislation and do you support it? Absolutely. Yes, I've been trying to follow this and I am a a big supporter. I get frustrated with Arkansas that we tend to be last on almost everything and we are one of four states that do not have hate crime legislation already in place. And considering the divisive time we're living in and all the, the racial issues that we're having, like I just cannot fathom why we don't already have this, but I would absolutely support pushing it through. So, uh, You'll be sharing the ballot with issues as well as, as other candidates. One is issue one, 
sales tax for um, Arkansas highways. I'm wondering if you support that. And if it were not to be passed by Arkansas voters, can you see a way for infrastructure or highways to be supported financially? Sure. I, I do support issue one, the highway tax. I'm, in general, I hate to see more taxes, and I know that Arkansas has got the, some of the highest tax rates in the nation, and I do not love that, but this is not a place that we can cut. If we are going to want to bring tourism to our area, which we do, if we want to bring in world-class talent to work here, if we want people to visit our state, if we want to be able to get back and forth to work well, we've got to be able to support our roads. They don't fix themselves. I know it was intended to expire, but roads just aren't going to magically start fixing themselves when it is expired. If it does not pass, it's going to cut into our city and county budgets by 30%. And then we're going to be cutting from places that we care about locally. So this is a tax we're already paying. It's not going to change things for people. I think it's really important for our business community, our economy, our infrastructure to keep that tax in place. I imagine COVID-19 will be a topic of concern when the legislature convenes. That's just a few months away. We don't know when we're going to see a vaccine, when things might start to turn back to normal. Do you th what do you think the state should have learned during the past six months of a pandemic, and what can we apply that we've learned from the pandemic? Okay, that is a great question, and I absolutely think COVID is going to be an issue for quite a long time. I think that COVID, like I mentioned in the beginning, has just shown us a lot of things that were already broken. We already had health care issues. We already had Arkansans that were on the brink of ruin by missing a paycheck. So COVID has just shown a big fat spotlight on all of these issues. And again, our education system, the pressure that is put on them is just phenomenal. So I want to see us continue to put focus on internet and some of these more rural areas that are struggling to have internet. And even even in the city, we've got plenty of families that do not have access to internet. Inevitably, kids are going to be sent home at least a quarantine, even if schools don't shut down entirely, groups of kids are already being quarantined because of probable contact. So they've got to have a way to learn at home. We've got to have access to health care. We've got to, uh, tenant rights are a huge thing. I'm, we can't be seeing people evicted when they're not able to work because of COVID-19. So I think it's going to be a, a huge topic. I think we'll see a lot of legislation go through. What do you think about the um, relationship that the legislature's had with the governor during some of this? There has been some legislative pushback against the governor instituting a mask mandate. Do you think there should be more legislative involvement in some of those decisions, or does it rest with the executive office? Ooh, that is tough considering the current makeup of the legislature. I feel like, bottom line, we need to be trusting science. If I break my leg or my kid gets sick, I'm going straight to a doctor because that's who we trust. But suddenly we're in the middle of a pandemic and doctors are like the last people that we want to listen to and I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around that. The masks have been proven to lessen the spread, so I just can't get on board with not doing that. I wish we'd done the mask mandate sooner, but I appreciate that the governor did it, and I understand that he was under incredible pressure. The pushback he's gotten from some of the legislators is, is embarrassing to me, honestly. I'm very disappointed in a lot of our leadership posting all over social media in big groups, not wearing masks. Uh, you and I are able to be six feet apart here, and so we're not wearing masks, but I'm just like, this is, this is simple, this is science. Again, uh, we're speaking with Kelly Kraut, State Representative District 90 candidate. Kendon Underwood is her opponent, was invited by the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce, but did not, uh, uh, could not appear today. So we are continuing this conversation just one-on-one. -on -one. Medicaid expansion has to be renewed 
every session by the legislature. Uh, it will come up again. It, we don't know where the work requirement will be. Courts have, have put that on hiatus for now. There's a chance it won't be uh, continued. Do you support Medicaid expansion? with or without uh, a work requirement attached to it? I do not support the work requirement. And I, I understand that in theory, people who can and are physically able to work should work. We all should contribute in theory. But able to work does not necessarily mean physically capable of working. Do they have transportation? Do they have childcare? Are there jobs in their area? We have a lot of people who are on Medicaid that are not well enough to contribute to the workforce. And so I think that it, I don't like the work requirement one bit. And since we've seen it not be required, or I'm sorry, when it was in effect, what we saw was not an increase in employment, which was, I assume, the goal. What we did see was people waiting longer to get medical treatment. And then we saw people who did receive medical treatment just rack up a lot of medical debt. And that's not, it didn't work. <laughs> we, need to, we need to try again, so. The state has taken a hit financially from the pandemic, perhaps not as dramatic as other states, even though some of those that surround us. But looking at the budget, when you consider that corrections take so much and education takes so much, what do you see could be done or should be done with the budget to help better pay teachers and other such needs that you address? What, what can be done with the money that's available to Arkansas? Well, I think a big piece of that is the, the massive tax cuts that we continue to pass for the most wealthy Arkansans. And so I would love to see that kind of backtrack and reallocate a lot of those funds. I think that we can do that. I'm, I'm not thrilled with how much is going towards corrections, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother can of worms. But the, the tax cuts need to be benefiting our more average Arkansans, and that is gonna boost our economy much better when average people like me and you have got more money to spend. If our millionaires are saving money, they're probably not going to Walmart and just buying a little bit extra. They're investing that, and it's it's not it's not going in the same direction that we want it to. If you win in November, you will likely be serving in a legislature in which you are the minority party. Not predicting the future, but we let's make that assumption that you are a member of a minority party. What is your ability to work with? Uh, the other party that is in the majority, perhaps even still a supermajority, to, to be an effective legislator for your district? Okay. Yes, when, when I'm elected, absolutely, I, we can pretty safely assume that we will still be in the minority, hopefully not a super minority anymore if my seat is able to flip, which it is. But I do think I have an ability to work well with people on both sides of the aisle. I've actually been in, most of my friend groups are very conservative circles. I get along very well with people of all walks of life. And one of the things that I've been commended on the most throughout my campaign is my ability to communicate issues on a level that's not offensive, that we can kind of meet in the middle and find where we both agree on things and just look at things at a more base level. It doesn't have to be as polarized as it is right now. We have more in common than we think. I firmly believe that most people want to help. Most people want to do good. We just tend to disagree on how that help is best instituted. And so if we can just look at it like that, how can we best help and meet in the middle? I think we can make a lot of progress. All right, we're, we've gone for a few minutes. Is there any, is there a topic, an issue that I haven't brought up yet or asked you about that 
is a passion for you that you would like to discuss? You know, since we've got this time, just you and me, sure. Um, I'm very passionate about the foster care system. My husband and I fostered for 10 years. We fostered about 20 different children and then had the privilege of being able to adopt a few of them. We actually just adopted a few weeks ago. And working within the foster care system with DHS really shone a lot of light on how much poverty impacts a family's ability to care for the health and safety of their children. Obviously, there are extreme scenarios where kids need to be removed for their safety, and we support that, and hopefully we can support those families and get them back home. But we also saw over and over again where families simply did not have access to the resources they need to provide the quality of care that's required. And poverty in and of itself should never be a reason that kids are removed from their families. And so I'm really passionate about helping these families, supporting them where they are. And then as far as the DHS side goes, it's a, it's a government entity, which can be inefficient at times. They're understaffed, they're underfunded. Caseworker turnover is ridiculous. We've got these young kids coming out of college that are facing an incredibly traumatic job at a really low pay. Uh, caseworker C, the worst of the worst. And so we've got to better take care of those workers. We've got to better take care of those families. So that is just a big, big passion of mine. And we just need more foster families. So I'm all about using a platform to say, hey, if you've thought about this, step up if you can, because we've got a lot of kids in this area that need a family. Was that one of the instigators for your candidacy? In the beginning, it just sort of drove me towards wanting to do more about social justice, and I've been pursuing my degree in my graduate study in social work so that I could help more kids. Because, you know, at some point you do run out of space in your home. I can't continue taking in all the children, and we're, we're capped out right now. So I thought I can help more people if I'm involved in social work as a profession. And then I got excited about running for office, and that's even more people that I can help serve. I want to circle back to taxes. You mentioned that you would like to see fewer tax cuts, or maybe even, don't let me put words in your mouth, rescinded uh, some of the tax cuts for the wealthiest Arkansans. Can you envision any sort of tax relief for any group or any sort of segment in the state? A particular group? Or income level, I don't, yeah. I would just like to see the highest tax burden on our highest earners, our, our lower income families, our working class families, our middle class families, they are paying really high sales tax already, and maybe not a ton in income tax, but we're giving these huge income tax breaks to people who don't need it, won't feel it. So that's where I'd like to see the changes take place, maybe income tax breaks for the working class, maybe the sales. There's a lot of work to be done, and I would honestly need to do a little bit more research to understand more fully, but it's, it's not working well how it is, and we've lost a lot. We're going to lose a lot of revenue with this last tax cut at a, at a real bad time. Again, uh, Kendon Underwood, who is Kelly Kraut's opponent in November, uh, not attending this session. So I'm going to give you a couple of questions that because we've run through <laughs> the list that I had because I thought we'd have two people answering. Um, I'm curious, how are you campaigning during a pandemic? It's a great question. I'm having a lot of fun campaigning. I was pretty bummed with the pandemic, as everyone was, to not be able to go door to door. I don't feel like that's a safe and responsible thing to be doing right now. We are no contact canvassing, so me and my kids will hop in our cool bus and we you know, are putting campaign lit indoors, but we're not knocking, we're not interacting with people. But I have turned most of my campaign to social media. I'd love for people to check that stuff out. I'm Kelly for Arkansas and all of the outlets. Um, I've particularly had a lot of fun campaigning on TikTok, which is a has been known as sort of a teen app. There's actually a lot of adults on there, and the feedback has been pretty 
phenomenal. There are a bunch of young people that are ready to see some change in our government, and it's been really well received and pretty widely shared. So I'm having a, I'm having a lot of fun campaigning. Are you, through the interaction, are you hearing about any issues that perhaps you had not given much thought to or considered from potential voters or, or members of your district? Have they reached out with anything that... <sighs> You know, not not in particular. What I've tried to do in my campaigning is I knew running in a, as a Democrat in a pretty red area was going to be a little surprising for some people. A lot of my friends were shocked when I sort of came out as a Democrat. But I know what was going to be an issue for a lot of people. So my technique was I'm just going to get ahead of this. And I know people are concerned about Second Amendment. So I'm going to talk to you about what I think about the Second Amendment. And I'm going to talk to you about being pro-choice. And it's actually not nearly as polarizing a view as what you might imagine. So I've been able to have some really calm conversations. I've had a lot of people talk to me on social media and say, I've never thought about it this way. I'm going to look at this differently. And we don't actually agree on this, but you're so honest, and I actually hope you win your election. And so I'm just trying to have real conversations with real voters, and it's proven to be pretty successful for me. Uh, uh, another candidate in a prior one of these sessions sponsored by the Rogers Little Area Chamber of Commerce mentioned that the Second Amendment was a passion and something that that candidate wanted to protect. You mentioned that you brought that up with some people. Your view of the Second Amendment or how that affects you as a candidate or the state I think it's a huge misconception that Democrats are anti-Second Amendment and we want to take your guns. And I know there have been a handful of rather extreme Democrats that have said, we're coming for your guns. That is not at all my take. My husband and I are gun owners. I filmed the video I'm talking about in front of our huge gun safe that takes up the vast majority of my closet. And we are responsible gun owners. We own, we own and store our guns in a way that uh, DHS is fine with as a foster home, and so they're locked, unloaded, ammo stored separately. I just feel that we need to be more responsible gun owners. I want to see mandatory background checks, which I know is generally enforced. I would really love to see us lim stop letting domestic abusers have guns, and this confuses a lot of people because there's a federal law that prohibits this, but we choose not to enforce it in Arkansas, and I find that completely unacceptable. And I'm also a supporter of extreme risk protection orders, which just help protect people who are extra vulnerable. So if you say that you are a risk or you mention that you are wanting to harm someone else, I can go to the court, law enforcement can get involved, and there is a process involved to keep you safe, to remove your guns for a short amount of time to make sure we can get you the services that you need. People get very bent out of shape about that because it sounds like taking your guns. It's, it's removing a risk for a short amount of time so that we can get you the help you need. We would see suicide drastically decrease if we could institute these laws in Arkansas. Not only has it been a summer of the pandemic, it's been a summer of uh, social awareness, uh, calls for social justice and, and reckoning. Is there something a legislature can do to further uh, equality? Is that a legislative responsibility? And is that something the Arkansas legislature can participate in? Well, I think if we can get that hate crimes through, <clears throat> that would be a huge thing. And I would also just love to see who gets elected in November just be a lot more diverse than what it is right now. And I realize I'm a white girl running, and <laughs> but I'm also a woman running. And in Arkansas, we have way fewer women in the legislature than most other states do. As, as I mentioned earlier, we tend to kind of lag behind. And I'm ready for us to catch up. I think there are a lot more progressive voices here than what people generally think. And I'm ready to hear those voices. All right, 90 seconds left in our allotted time. What else would you like 
voters to think about as they go to the ballots or mail in their ballots or however people vote in fall of 2020? Yes, first of all, I want you to be super careful about how you vote. Please wear a mask, please wash your hands. If you're sick, wait till you're well. Early vote if you can so that we can avoid the huge crowds. But what I really, really want people to think about when they're going to the ballot is who I'm voting for looking out for me or are they looking out for the people who are making 20 times as much money as me? The average Arkansan is not making over $450,000 a year. That's not a thing here. So I want you really thinking about who is looking out for my best interest. I know we all want to make $450,000 a year, but that's not our reality right now. <laughs> Kelly Crowd, a candidate for state district number 90, opposed by Kent. Kendon Underwood, again, Kendon Underwood was invited by the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce for this session, unable to make it. Uh, there will be other uh, conversations between other candidates that are involved in Benton County races. Kelly, thank you for your time. Hey, thank you for all the time that we got here.